Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. You know, it's no surprise that there's not going to be any minor league baseball, but you, you wonder what minor league baseball is going to look like moving forward because unlike the major leagues that draw half of their income from television contracts and things like that, it's not that way in the minor leagues at all. All these minor league teams depend first, foremost, and almost exclusively on attendance. You know, people coming through the gates, buying tickets, and then, you know, buying concessions and things like that. So there's no income at all to replace you know what they're going to be losing when they're not able to play and you you just hope some of these teams are going to be able to make it i also hope that there's some businesses that are going to be able to make it here is the story breaking this morning in the people's republic of madison they have announced that starting i think it's starting today yeah beginning uh beginning tomorrow i guess beginning thursday um bars in Madison are going to be closed to any service inside. If the bar happens to have a patio, they can continue to serve outside, but nobody in the bars. This order is going to run for at least, and I say at least a month. So all these bar owners, they are going to be closed down unless they've got a patio. And again, typically the patio seating is a fraction of what you could otherwise do. Restaurants, Restaurants are going to be limited. If you want to have eat inside in a restaurant, it can only be up to 25% capacity. All right. Now, I want to discuss an aspect of this. And my question is, will, will Madison authorities enforce the rules across the board? And my answer is, I kind of doubt it. Now, so here, here's the deal. Since the middle of June, 614 people have tested positive for coronavirus in Madison in uh in dane county of those of those 614 about half 312 are people between the ages of 18 and 29 so about half are what i'm going to describe as young people even though if you're 26 or 27 maybe you don't consider yourself young but but that's the deal half of the positive tests are people under the age of 29 or in the group of 18 to 29 Of that 312 people, follow me here, 132 of the positive tests are people who are, quote unquote, associated with bars. In other words, they think that they might have contracted it at the bar. The other 180, well, they're they're not saying where they actually got those people from. They're not saying where that came from. But they say, okay, we've got 132 people in this young people age group. They've tested positive, and so what we're going to do is we're going to close down the bars for everybody for at least a month. 
the argument being we think that people in the age group of 18 to 29 are obviously being irresponsible. They're crowding into the bars. They're not practicing appropriate social distancing, etc. All right. So the, the Tavern League is threatening lawsuits, and, and their argument is, look, you're, you're making the bars a scapegoat. Um, here, you, you've had, and the, the head of the Tavern League says, look, here, here's the deal. What is one of the things that have been going on in Madison over the course of the last several weeks? Well, you've had, you've had protests. You've had people three weeks straight out in the streets and yelling and screaming and protesting and not engaging in social distancing. And, you know, you're, you're making the bars the scapegoat. That, that's the point of this. All right. Now, there's one other interesting aspect of, of this story. The new order in Dane County doesn't just close down the bars, or at least serving inside the bars for the next month. It also limits other gatherings. Here's the order. The order limits indoor gatherings to 10 or fewer individuals. Okay. It also limits outdoor gatherings to 25 or fewer people down from 100. All right. So outdoor gatherings in Dane County are limited to 25 or fewer people. What is the obvious question that comes up when, when you hear this? Now, I'm, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to ask you because it is so obvious. My, my question is, OK, if this is the rule and keep in mind, the rule that's been in place is no gathering of larger than 100. Well, that has been completely ignored by Dane County authorities over the last few weeks, whereas we've seen hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that have taken to, to the streets. So now the order is no outdoor gathering in excess greater than 25 people. All right, so my question is, when you have the, the next group of, of protesters that decide that they want to assemble in a public park or walk down the streets or locate themselves outside the city-county building or march on the Capitol, and there's more than 25 of them, my question is, are Dane County authorities going to enforce this rule? Or are they going to just simply decide that they're going to look the other way? Now, I happen to believe the answer is obvious. They're going to look the other way. My God, they've stood by and they've let people, you know, try to burn down buildings and break into the Capitol. Can you really imagine that authorities are going to now try to say, okay, well, we've got these rules in place and the rules say you can't get more than 25 people together in, in public and you've got more than 25, so now you're going to have to disperse. Can you really see them doing that. And if they're not going to enforce this across the board fairly and uniformly, is it fair to simply say, okay, we're, we're going to let the protests go on effectively. We're going to turn a blind eye to that if that happens, and you know it's going to. But, you know, bar owners, you're not allowed to serve people inside. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do you believe that some of these businesses are, in fact, being made a scapegoat for other sorts of activities. And I guess if you're going to impose rules, should we expect that the rules be enforced across the board? And will they be enforced across the board? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My answer is, if, if I'm a bar owner, you've got to understand, they're closing them for 30 days. Aside from, again, the outdoor seating, if you're a restaurant owner, you're only going to be allowed to operate at 25 percent capacity. This is going to kill, 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 kill 
a number of businesses. And if you decide that, okay, we've got to do this because we're concerned with the outbreak of COVID-19 among young people, all right, fine, that's a decision. But are we going to enforce the rules across the board? We discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I mean, the numbers are the numbers. And there's unquestionably some of the young people in Dane County and about half of the people who've tested positive for coronavirus in the last several weeks um, have turned out to be people under the age of, of 30. And of that... Um, there's about a third that say, hey, you know, we, we, we were out at bars. You know, we were out at bars and we were congregating with, um, with, with non-family members. All right. Another 45%, though, said that they had attended a gathering or a party with people outside their household. And that's where apparently they might have gotten it. All right. Gathering outside their house, uh, household. Huh. What could that be? Well, could it be some of those protests that have been going on? And my point is, are bars being scapegoated? If you're going to shut down the bars and devastate some businesses, okay, fine. You're going to do that in the nature of public health. But are officials now going to say, we're going to seriously enforce this no outdoor gatherings larger than 25? I'll believe it when I see it. Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hi, good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Mike. Yeah, the bars and the bars and restaurants are the scapegoats for the uh, spread of the virus, which is caused by the protesters. There's no question really about it. It's obvious, black and white. Pardon the phrase there. But anyway, uh, my thought is that it is just uh, picking someone to uh, have a uh, scapegoat. And mm-hmm. my opinion on the COVID-19, it is not the flu, but it's kind of like the flu because Older people with immune deficiency, the people with immune deficiency, will get, will, will get it and uh, maybe hopefully survive. But younger people will uh, be fine with it, just like the flu. You get it and you get rid of it. Well, right. And, and it's, uh, it's just uh, it's just nuts. I, I don't get it. Well, I mean, I mean, here, here's the deal, Mike. And, and, and you're on to something. Whenever I say this, there, there's a handful of people who are kind of just, just think that, it's, that this COVID-19 is like the bluebonic plague. Now, here, here's the reality. Nobody wants to get it. All right. And and you do not want to see this spread. But you you are on to something. The one thing that we have learned, we perhaps learned many things from the the last several months, as we talk about frequently, the 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 people that have the worst reactions are people who are, generally speaking, older than 60. And the older you get, the worse it gets. And people who have underlying conditions, which is why at the end of the day, you're going to look. My guess is probably. Once this is all over, you're going to see of the deaths, 30, 40 percent coming from from nursing homes because you've got people who are particularly vulnerable, which is why people who are are in those high risk categories have to take special precautions to make sure they do not get sick. We are seeing as we've opened up this country, you are seeing a spike in the number of covid cases. But just like in Madison, to your point, what they're seeing is in general, this is being driven by by younger people. The, The good news about it, and I put good in quotation marks, is that the younger people, if you're under 30, your chances of having a devastating reaction it is not anywhere near as great as if you were like 75 now do i does anybody want to get sick of course not and is it possible 
that some people who are in their 20s or something who get this can can need to be hospitalized and can in fact die? Yes, it is possible, but that's not statistically where the greater problems are. That's one of the reasons why if you look at the numbers across the country, with a couple exceptions, what you're seeing is hospital systems are not being overwhelmed. And there's a couple exceptions to that. And as a general rule, the death rate is not spiking. I mean, it's not increasing dramatically. It's not increasing in proportion as a general rule to the number of COVID cases. And and that tells me it's because most of the people, or at least a good percentage of the people that are getting sick nowadays, uh, again, they're not in those most vulnerable age groups. Now, look, I I understand they don't want anybody getting sick. And if you've got a bunch of 27-year-olds who are getting sick and they're going to visit their, their grandparents in an assisted living, facility, they could potentially you know, pass it on. So I understand it's a concern, but when it comes to flattening the curve, trying not to overwhelm the hospital system, trying not to see huge spikes in death, well, the fact that it's younger people that are getting it, that that's better than older people getting. Now, I understand we, we don't want anybody to get it, but it brings me back to the basic premise. If we are going to close down businesses and if we're going to make this decision that says that, okay, we we have people that are being irresponsible and piling into bars and our only response to that is we've got to close the bars. We've got to put the onus on the on on the the bar owners and we're going to say, okay, we've got to eliminate this activity because we we can't trust you. We can't trust people. We are the government. We have to do it. Okay, fine. If you make that decision, I just think that you have to do it across the board. And you have to say, all right, if the rules say no public gatherings larger than 25, you have to enforce no public gatherings larger than 25. And if I'm a tavern owner in in Madison and I'm being told, hey, you, you can't have people inside your tavern for the next month. You know, good good luck. And if you don't have any outdoor areas, you know, good luck. And if you close, well, we're sorry. And then I turn around on the news, and on Saturday night or Sunday night or whatever, I see that, oh, you know, we've got hundreds of people that are marching through the streets. I'm going to be mad as you know what. That, that to me, is, you know, what, where you have to draw the line. If you're going to have these rules, and if the rules are in place because we have decided that people under the age of 29, under the age of 30, can't behave in a responsible fashion, okay, fine, but enforce the rules across the board. And otherwise, all you're doing is, in fact, making certain businesses the scapegoats for this problem you have. And I I just, I just, and I'll be honest with you, I don't see Madison enforcing this rule when it comes to large gatherings. Nancy in Burlington. Nancy, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Um, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm not a doctor. I'm an RN, and I work in long-term care, but I've been following this pretty closely. The, the, the big problem for young people, asymptomatic, is that they're seeing um, fibrotic cellular changes in their lungs. It might not be a problem for them now. It's going to be a huge problem maybe down the road. Huh? Um, the other thing is pregnant, pregnant women. They're seeing it causes hypercoagulation that is affecting the placenta. It's going to cause low birth weight babies. 
Um, so young, young people, they have to be concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might not have symptoms, might not even show they have the disease. This, this isn't just for my boomer generation that they need to fear, but they need to fear for themselves. Mm-hmm. Which, is why, um, which is why they should, I mean, thanks for calling Nancy, it's why they should practice social distancing. Now, I, I don't play a doctor on the radio, and I, 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 I just, I want to be careful with this, because, for example, I, I have a very dear friend who is, is pregnant, and we were actually having this conversation the other night. They were saying, her doctor was saying, well, one of the things that they're, they're finding is that, that there's not any sort of greater risk to pregnant women. I don't know if that's true or not. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I think we're still finding out stuff. But the bottom line is nobody wants to get sick. I, I understand that. And I guess it is sort of disappointing that people, in particular, in the younger younger people, and I'm defining that as under 30, think they're all invincible and let's rush, let's rush back and let's pile in and let's go to these different parties and things like that. And I, I think that is unfortunate. I'm one of these people that cringes too when I see everybody flocking to the beaches and things like that. I think people need to be more aware and need to be more socially responsible. My only point of this is if you're going to implement these rules, let's implement these rules across the board. And if you're going to close down businesses, well, okay, then say we're not going to allow outdoor gatherings, and that's what the rule is. And so when you gather to have the latest protest about let's defund the police, it's more than 25. you got to shut it down. Will they? I'm not going to hold my breath. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. The plan in the Milwaukee Common Council is to try to buy the end of next week, get a a face mask ordinance implemented for the city of Milwaukee. The mayor says he would support something like that, but he's got his legal staff trying to figure out how how you can do this this legally. Um, And it's being pushed by um, Marina Dmitrievic, who's been sort of involved in local politics for years and years, extremely liberal. She's introduced a proposal that would require the wearing of masks in public spaces in the city of Milwaukee. Oh, okay, that, that's fine. We've talked about the mask issues before. Um, but but again, the devil is in the details. Now, yesterday or two days ago, you had a number of businesses that sent a letter to, an open letter to the mayor and to the common council saying that they, they wanted to have some sort of mask policy. Oh, all right, fine. The proposal that's being advanced from the common council, now this is the way it's described. Um, it's called Milwaukee Cares. And it's intended to resemble the mask ordinance instituted by the city of Los Angeles. All right. Now, the, the, the business community didn't ask for a specific policy. But but what what apparently some of these legislators are, again, it's they want to make it similar, resemble the mask ordinance instituted by the city of Los Angeles. Well, I have an inquiring mind. And I was curious because, you know, there's different mask policies in in different communities. And I was kind of curious, what do they do in Los Angeles? What is their mask policy that people, again, if the ordinance in Milwaukee is going to try to resemble that, what are we talking about doing? Well, I, I just want people to understand the mask policy in Los Angeles as a general rule, says anytime you are inside a, a place of, of business, you are required to wear a mask. All right. So anytime you're inside, you're going to be required to wear a mask. Um, now, there's an exception for if you're in a bar or a restaurant, 
you can take off the mask while you're you're eating or drinking. And I swear, I do not understand how this works. I, I confess this is, I, I don't get it. I don't know if that means that if you're, like you have a hamburger, you have to pull the mask down and take a bite of the hamburger and then pull it back up. Or if you have a beer, you can pull it down and then take a sip of the beer and pull it back up. Or whether it means that you have to wear the mask until you're served the food and then you can take it off and then you have to put it back on immediately afterwards, all of which, I mean, everything I hear about the mask say you're not supposed to be pulling it up and down. But, but indoors everybody has to wear masks pretty much all the time all right that's not where the la ordinance stops though the loss and i'm i'm looking at the la times story on this let me give you the headline la now requires face coverings even when outside so if this ordinance were to resemble the la ordinance it would require essentially any time you are outside of your home, including outside, you would be required to wear a mask. You would be required to wear a mask if you visit any retail business, including those that are open only for curbside or doorside pickup. If you exercise in your neighborhood or are on a trail, a golf course, or a beach, You must wear a face covering. If you're on the beach or at a pool, you have to wear a face covering as long as you are not out of the water, as long as other people are nearby. If you are running and jogging in your neighborhood, you have to wear a face mask. If you are walking your dog, you have to wear a face mask. And the premise is... You're not unless you're able to socially isolate. And by that, it means that you're, you're just essentially in a deserted area. But the idea is if you are you're walking your dog and you see somebody else that's walking their dog and there's the possibility that the two of you might stop and talk to each other. Well, that, that's why you have to have a face mask. So essentially, any time you are outside for all intents and purposes, you have to have a face mask on. The guidelines on face coverings pretty much cover everybody except children under the age of two are exempt. So your three-year-old, you have them at the playground or whatever, they're, they're going to have to have face masks on. That, that's what the L.A. rules are. It's not just inside. It's outside. It's while you're exercising. It's while you're walking the dog. It's while you're at the beach. It's while you're at the pool. It's any time that you might come into contact with other human beings outside your family members, you are required to have a face mask. All right. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do we need to go that far? and, And will people, in fact, go that far? The idea that you're now going to be outside, it's the summer months, it's, if you were listening to Eric Bilstadt, read the forecast, it's going to be 80 and 90 over the course of the next, you know, couple weeks. People are going to be out and about, people are walking, people are in parks, people are exercising. All right, if if the rules were to require face masks, not just inside, but outside, would people tolerate that? 855-616-1620. And, and by the way, again, kind of bootstrapping what we talked about in the last segment, that would apply to the protests as well. Just as a practical matter, you know, next time, you know, inevitably when a bunch of people gather at Red Arrow Park and they decide that they're going to walk up to the police administration building to protest whatever, 
know, can you see the Milwaukee police going and saying, um, okay, you know, you guys are all outside now. We expect you all to put on your masks. Can you imagine that happening? 855-616-1620. What do you think about mask rules outside? Not necessarily saying, oh, you go inside, you got to wear a mask. All right. But outside for essentially any sort of contact, because that's what it is in L.A., 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. As I said yesterday, number one, I don't see this as enforceable at at all. And number two, I, I think social distancing is important. But seriously, you're going to have to wear a mask to walk your dog? All right. Are people going to tolerate that? Would you tolerate that? We discuss in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now they're 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 talking about, and I believe within the next week will pass a, a mask ordinance for the city of Milwaukee. So far, we're not seeing any of the details of it, but the the people that are proposing it are saying they they want it to resemble the rules they have in L.A. Okay, well, long story short, in, in Los Angeles, the rules are pretty much any time you are inside and you're not at your own home, you have to wear a mask, all right? Also, pretty much any time you are outside doing almost anything, you have to wear a mask. Walk the dog, you got to wear a mask. Take a jog, got to wear a mask. Play golf, got to wear a mask. Got to wear a mask anytime you're going to be outside unless you're guaranteeing that you're not going to come in contact with another human being. All right. Do, do we really need to go that far? 855-616-1620. And by the way, I, I understand. We, we can have a debate, and we have over time, about the, the inside rules. I, I, I get it. You're inside. You're in close quarters, that type of thing. So you, know, you can at least have that argument. But But outside? I'm walking my dog at nine o'clock at night. I've got to wear a mask when I'm I'm outside. Um, I'm I'm sitting out on a patio, and I, again, I don't understand how you make the exceptions for eating and drinking, and, and what exactly that entails, and how you end up doing it. But do we need to go this far? And in this interest and this fear that people have of, oh my gosh, you know, somebody's going to contract coronavirus. Do do you need to go this far that you're going to now say, you know, any time you are in public, period, you have to wear the mask. Um, let's see, Jeff, I live in a state that requires masks inside where social distancing is not feasible. We are not required to wear them outside, but some do. Um, um, I don't love it, but I can see the benefit and do so with pleasure. Masks outside, however, is an overreach. I think at some point we need to trust people to make informed choices for themselves. Jeff, this is insane. I worked outside all the month of May, seeing upwards of 300 customers a day. We all practice safe social distancing, hand washing, not touching faces. There is no need to mandate outdoor Masks. Jeff, I won't tolerate mandatory wearing of masks outdoors, but I guess I think perhaps most people will. Jeff, I would deliver mail for a living. There is no way, and you know where, I am walking around for six to eight hours a day in 90-degree weather with a mask on. I've about had it with this. Jeff, I have a three-year-old. There is no way he would keep a mask on. Plus, kids get heated up so quickly in the sun, I would be nervous that my child would have a hard time breathing when running around. Would you go out for a run with a mask on? Heck no. Looks like our kids will be trapped in our home for reasons other than the virus. 
Um, Jeff, I'm all for wearing masks, but on your private property with your own personal family, I don't think it's necessary. Well, th- th- this doesn't require you to do it outside of your own home, it, but it says pretty much any time you leave your home, you're, you're supposed to wear them. And I was curious about walking the dog, and that, that's it in L.A. They said, you know, and it, on the off chance that you're going to be walking your dog and somebody else will be walking down the street and the two of you might come into contact with each other, yes, you are both supposed to have masks on um, on under that situation. Um, let's see. Jeff, Milwaukee residents are going to get really fat this summer because they're not going to be exercising it. Um, that settles it. If that's the rule, I'm not coming down for shopping and the like. Um, well, that's that is one of the effects of this. Like I say, it's it's one thing to say you got to wear them inside, and, and again, I, I don't see how you're going to be able to enforce that. But but let's that's in that's fine. That's inside. But seriously, you know, you you go out to a public park. You're you're outside. You've got to wear the masks. You go. I, you know, will people put up with it now? Milwaukee County. That's the requirement at the zoo. You know, if you want to go to the zoo, you've got to wear the mask outside. All right, would you apply that, though, and should it be applied to just walking down the streets? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's see. Let's start with Rhoda in Greenfield. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, your comments. Number one, when I hear people say they have a right to decide if they want to wear a mask or not, I just look at them and say, wait a minute, you don't have a right to infect me or to infect other people by not wearing a mask. Um, I just think it's, it's out of control. Things need to be absolutely mandated. Otherwise, we're just going to keep going back and nothing is going to get better. There's no virus. There's not enough testing. There's no uh, tracking who's with who. I just think mask is such a simple thing for people to put on. Um, but again, when when I hear people say they don't have to wear a mask, okay, but they don't have the right to infect other people by not wearing it. Well, let me turn um, that around. Cause let me tur- Rhoda, let me turn it around. Other people would say if if you're if you're worried about that. Then, then you can just make the decision to not go out and walk your dog, or or not go into the restaurants, or or whatever. You you have that degree of control too. Um, that that you could decide yes, not I to do. go out. Yes, I do. But why is it other countries when they told when they are told to do something, they do it, and that's the difference. In America, we've got it so darn good, and everybody is on a different page. Everybody's complaining. I mean, if we want to see this virus go away, everyone has to really do the same thing and be on the same page. I'll do anything. I'll stay in. I have not gone out in public since March 13th. That's how determined I am to to keep myself and others safe. I have children with autoimmune diseases and and illnesses. Um, It's not easy on anybody, but it's the only way we're ever going to get through this. Everyone has to be on the same page. Well, but I guess the the problem is that you have to have, and I've argued argued this before, and thanks for the call, you you have to have a balancing because, and and look, I I respect the fact that you, you know, you haven't gone out since the beginning of of March, and and, and that's fine. There, There are other people, though, that... You know, um, have, have businesses that they have to run or jobs that they have to go to. And, and that's why I always say this. It's not a binary choice to me. It's not do you want to protect lives or do you want to protect the economy? You have to figure out a way to, to do both. 
And I, I guess, you know, you were saying, okay, well, what is it about America? Why, why do people object to some of these things? Well, it, it's, I guess, because, you know, we do live in a free country and, and people have different approaches and different ideas. And the question is, you know, how far do you go? That's why, again, I understand the inside mask stuff. I'm not necessarily saying that I'm in favor of it, and I don't understand how the government's going to enforce that. But, for example, you know, when I go to businesses, I, I wear a mask. I think it's a gesture of respect for the people that are inside. But And I, I certainly think that businesses have a right to infor- to say, okay, if you want to come into our business, you got to wear a mask. How the government enforces inside mask wearing, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but, but okay. At the same time, once you start talking about wearing it outside, on the off chance, so I'm walking my dog at 9.30 at night, and on the off chance that there might be some jogger running the other way, I'm, I'm supposed to wear the, the mask, where we, we realize that as a general rule, this isolated sort of somebody goes past you on the street or something, that, that the chances of getting COVID-19 from that encounter, well, a lot less than, say, the chances of showing up at a, at a protest rally where you're around the same bunch of people for you know several hours and everybody's screaming and, and shouting. Let's talk to David in Mequon. David, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's uh, it's crazy to go to that length uh, being outside. For the simple reason is this. Uh, let's say you use the hypothetical of walking your dog at night to the night. Um, if you see another person that's walking down the street, then you just move over, walk, start walking in the grass if you have to, like, you know, uh, 10 feet over or whatever. Or, yeah. You know, do the social distancing. But at the end of the day, Jeff, this is, this is the problem. Um, uh, you know, with the coronavirus, you know, it's obviously it's very contagious. But what they're not telling you, what they're not talking about uh, currently is that the people that are currently getting it, which is the younger group of people between 18 and 29, um, there's been almost next to nothing in hospitalization. I mean, if they're asymptomatic and or they maybe get a little something, it's it's not nearly as devastating mm-hmm. as it would be for an older person that's in a nursing home right. where, yes, your odds are more susceptible to dying from it, and we have to focus on, Okay, the younger population, sure, there are exceptions here and there, and I respect the woman that was just before me with the fact that she has some children that have some autoimmune disease. Right. That's, that's an entirely different uh, subject matter. But with a healthy individual, if, if her kids did not have that, um, you know, they should be allowed to do whatever they got to do. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, you're going to contract, something and your body actually does need to uh going forward i mean there's a reason why you have white blood cells and that's to fight off infections and the body unfortunately uh does need to be exposed to this every once in a while not saying i'm advocating that you need to purposely be infected but we also don't live in a germ-free world and you know it's, it's either this or it's something else or whatever and i think uh yeah. Well, Making Dave, people wear masks out in public, uh, it's not going to solve the situation. It's, no, no, it's, well, right. It's no, thanks for so cool. I mean, I guess, stuff. Right. Yeah. I guess I would really, you know, when we're talking about mandatory requirements to wear masks outside, I, I'd really like to see the data. Okay, how how many people 
are getting exposed and are catching coronavirus be- because they, they were outside and they weren't wearing a mask. I mean, I look, I, again, I, I understand a bunch of people piled into, you know, a bar. I, I, I get it, where there's no social distancing. I understand that that's why you don't have these mass gatherings of like 30 or 40,000 people. That's that's why you're not going to have the Democratic National Convention, because I understand that, because you're not going to put 25,000 people, you know, in Pfizer Forum where they're in an enclosed area. A- at the same time, though, if you have... I, I don't know, 20, 30 people that are wandering through the through a particular park or, or even a couple hundred, as long as people are maintaining their spacing, you know, what is the likelihood? You know, show me the numbers that demonstrate that that, that is going to significantly reduce the, the spread of, of COVID-19. If you want to make the case for inside, okay, I, I understand how at least intellectually you could make that case. You know, somebody was saying, well, in California, I, I have friends in California, and they drive around in their convertibles with their masks on okay well if that makes you feel good that's great but this you know wearing wearing a mask inside your own vehicle you know when you're driving with your spouse is that you really think that that's going to stop you from either getting or spreading COVID-19 all right don't know exactly what the mask ordinance is going to say all I know so far is they're talking about how it would resemble the one in Los Angeles the one in Los Angeles is one of the most restrictive mask ordinances in the country so we'll we'll see where Milwaukee goes. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. You know, Eric Bill said I'm thinking about this thing in Madison. And they're they're now closing all the bars. So hear me out on this one. Now the the, the justification that the mayor is giving is we're seeing a spike in the number of COVID cases primarily among people under the age of 30, mm-hmm. right? That, yes. That's it. Yes. And, and so the premise is that that you have all these y- younger people who are rushing into the bars and stuff like that, and they're not practicing social distancing, and they're infecting e- each other, and that's what's causing the numbers. Is that, that it? Yes. All right. Now, I just throw this out there as an idea. Constitutionality aside, if that is the problem, if the problem is people in the age group of, you know, 18 to 25 or 18 to 29 that are running into, into the bars and are acting that way, instead of closing down the bars in their inter- entirety, wouldn't it make more sense just to say that people under the age of 30 can't go into the bars? You're smiling. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I, I, I'm, wow. I'm at, now, now, I mean, think about now again. I, there, you, you have you have legal issues with all these, but but seriously, if if that's the problem, if the problem is the numbers are going through the roof with young people who are going into the bars, why not just stop the younger people from going into the bars? You're, I can see the well, wheels turning. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about this. I, I, no, I, I, again, I, I understand it. It's legally, you know, how how do you draw that that line? But at the same time, if if that's the concern, now if I'm a bar t- owner, for example, it would certainly be a superior alternative to me to say, okay, if the problem is it's young people coming into the bars and drinking, and the choice is either you're closed down entirely or you're closed down to people under the age of thirty, I, I'm you're I'm opting take the latter. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I, I just. I. Now, look, I, I, I understand that, that there's all sorts of legal issues and, you know, are you discriminating against people? But rather, if that's the problem, see, I'll let you go. No, no, no. But I mean, see, that, that's been one of the things 
that as, as we've approached this whole coronavirus thing over the last several months, one of the things that kind of makes my head explode from time to time is the fact that we kind of come up with this like one size fits all concept and you've got you've got a problem in the city of Milwaukee so we we close down Watoma where there's like no cases of covid-19 it never made any sense to me the the idea that okay we're we're concerned about um you know community spread so we let we we let 400 people go into a Walmart, but we close down the family jeweler that there's never more than five or six people in. And, and to me, the, the overall question has always been, uh, whatever we're going to do, shouldn't we target it at the, the areas that it's really causing a problem? You know, And and that that was one of the things with all the different shutdowns. I'm like, I, I used to make the argument that the dog groomer that you know works by herself and is maybe going to come into contact with a handful of people, you close her down, but you let some other place stay open. But can't you make the argument, given what you just said, if their contract or contact tracing indicates that many of the people who are testing positive have been at a bar or have been in close mm. proximity to other people at some type of location in right. Madison, isn't that exactly that? Okay, regionally well, well, we're going to shut this down in Dane well, County. No, but why? But why? Why? Why regionally? It, but it's but it's young people. That's what she's saying. <laughs> that, no, seriously, well, that's, right, that's yes. That's what she's saying. This is the age group right now that is creating the problem, and we tie it into the bars. So why not just keep that? I mean, seriously, if I, I, and I'm starting to get worked up on this. <laughs> we think about it. okay, if they say okay, we've we've had these bars open, and you know we've had we we've had people in their 40s and 50s and 60s who've been going into these bars, and presumably they're not going into. Look, I, I've been in a couple bars since this all happened. I, I'm not going into a place that, that's just packed. Right, I mean, I'm right, right. I'm going into a place that you can you can spread out, and I'm going in with people I know, and and I'm not. You, that's just the way I, I'm approaching this. But I guess that's kind of the the point. I mean, if if our concern is young people going into bars and then spreading it, and it's not an issue with 45-year-olds going into the bars and spreading it, why not let the 45-year-olds go into the bar? I just throw that out there. And give it a I, shot. Let's I, see well, what happens. Well, and I, and I appreciate there, there there's legal, you know, there, there's legal, you know, issues about how, do is it discrimination? Well, yeah, it, it is. It is discrimination, but that doesn't mean that all we, we discriminate all the time some people like chocolate chip ice cream some people like pistachio ice cream you you discriminate all the the time i mean i just i kind of just like you know throw throw this out there and go does it make more sense to just if the problem is 25 year olds going into bars and spreading it okay rather than closing the bar shouldn't we just say 25 year olds or people under that. I just throw this out there as as an idea because I do think moving forward, as we try to a- advance, if if you accept my premise that we have to figure out how to live with COVID nineteen for the for the foreseeable future a- until you get a vaccine, and maybe even after that, because there are people that choose not to get the vaccine, you, you you have to figure out this balancing. And the thing that I've always argued is that we we need to target the efforts at controlling the spread of the virus at the places where the virus is likely to spread, which, as I was saying to Eric, it's just we're going to shut down the local family jeweler in a community that has almost no cases of of COVID-19 because you've got an outbreak in a certain part of the city of Milwaukee. Well, well, no, that's concentrate on the area in the, the city of Milwaukee. And I guess this is the same sort of thing. If you've got an outbreak in Dane County among 20 somethings, and you tie it to the bars, why close down the bars? Just stop the 20-somethings from going in. 
I just, again, I acknowledge there's perhaps legal issues, but I, I throw this out. Um, Jeff, I have a good buddy who works, um, in Madison. Um, uh, it says, uh, through the contract, contact tracing, some protesters have been instructed to lie about where they got their virus. Um, they say they got their virus at a local bar, not at a protest. Don't know how true that is, but I, I think there might be something like that. Somebody says, hey, you're, you're kidding on this, right? Well, yeah, I'm, I, I am kidding. I don't think you could legally do it, but, I mean, doesn't that make more sense than closing down all the bars? Just throwing that out there. All right. What is going on later on this week? Let me think. Let me think. Oh, yes. Saturday is the 4th of July. Uh, this is going to be a 4th of July unlike perhaps any other in my lifetime. There are, as a general rule, not going to be, you know, community fireworks shows. There are some exceptions. I know in West Bend they're, they're, they're going to be firing off fireworks from a local downtown park, but they're, they're going to close the park. But people are still going to be able to, to see it from their homes or from surrounding areas. No 3rd of July fireworks um, at the lakefront in Milwaukee. No 4th of July fireworks at, I think, any of the county parks in Milwaukee and at a lot of, of other places that normally had them. There are going to be some private firework shows that are going to be going on. I mean, I know we've been, you know, we, we've been invited to one. Um, I was looking at a story in the New York Times. Here's the headline. Celebrate at home. Health officials make a plea for the holiday. Um, health officials are urging Americans to scale back independence plans after coronavirus cases. The Oregon Health Authority warned the safest choice this holiday is to celebrate at home. In Nebraska, state leaders suggested that holiday cookout hosts keep the guest lists to make contact tracing easier. Um, again, Los Angeles, that we've talked about before, uh, beaches closed, fireworks shows canceled. The pleas are similar. Skip the party. Stay home. Don't make a bad situation worse. All right. No pun intended. I want to take your temperature. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If invited... Would you feel comfortable going to a 4th of July party this weekend? So let's say your neighbors decided, you know, we're, we're going to have people in, in the neighborhood over for a cookout. There's not going to be fireworks necessarily, but, you know, we're, we're going to have people coming over and, you know, maybe it'll be 10, maybe it'll be 20 people. Um, would, would you feel comfortable going to a, a party? with some friends or with neighbors? Or are you at a point where you're just not ready to do that yet? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, if you get invited to a cookout this 4th of July, are you going? Or are you going to say, no, I just... I, I'm I'm not ready to go out and do this yet. We discuss in just a moment. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. After losing in Game 3, the first World Series game in Milwaukee since 1957, the crew looked to even the 1982 World Series in Game 4 against the St. Louis Cardinals. Bob Euchre in the World Series on WTMJ. Tune in tomorrow. That's tonight. Tune in tonight at 6. We're one week closer to live Brewers Baseball, Brewers Classic, sponsored by Dave Drake, Camp Heating, Boucher Automotive, Previa, Badger Mutual, Chevrolet, and West Bend Insurance. Let's start with Dan in West Bend. Hi, Dan. You're on WTMJ. 
Hi. Uh, I I was thinking that I would wait and see what the numbers look like the next couple of days before deciding whether or not I'm going to go to the party I'm invited to. And if it's pretty bad, I'm going to, well, being in West Bend, I can watch the fireworks from my roof. So if it's bad enough, I'm just going to stay home and do that. I guess, yeah, given the fact that there are, that, that, you know, those numbers are always what they kind of call lagging indicators because, you know, that a lot of times before people test positive, they might have been sick for a little bit. I guess what, what, what are you looking for? If it, if the numbers go up 10, 20% in the next day or the next couple of days, what, what, how are you going to decide that? That just sort of uh, plays in the back of my head. I know it's not a great litmus test, but if the numbers jump a lot, mm-hmm. I sort of step back a little. Okay, good enough. No, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, uh, 855-616-1620. Jeff, I'm having a party, maybe 15 to 20 people, unless people decide to stay home. All close friends, family, I'm not worried. We'll have hand sanitizer and hand washing areas available using tongs and serving utensils for finger food. Um, Jeff, why don't we just cancel summer? Jeff, I would feel comfortable going to a party I would feel comfortable going to a party this weekend. My husband and I are both essential workers, and so our lives really haven't changed much through this entire thing. Other than not being able to go out to eat, we've still been out and about every day while working, so going to a party wouldn't be an issue for us. Jeff, I will go visit family members on a one-day road trip. Um, Jeff, absolutely. We're going to cook out with about 30 people. Um, fireworks and all. Happy 4th of July to you. Jeff, um, I, I'd be comfortable going to a party outside with less than 20 people, give or take. Family gatherings, also golf. I'm not going to be going to the pool party at our country club, though, which runs the whole day with 125 people per two-hour reservation. God bless those who go, but I'm not there yet. It, it, it is interesting to me, and, and I understand exactly what people are saying, because it's kind of reflecting where I am. I, I refuse to I refuse to be a hermit. And I, I understand that you know you take risks in life when you go outside and things like that. But I, I, I refuse to I, I refuse to just cower for the next year and a half, you know, until they develop some sort of, of a vaccine. All right? I, I just I, I refuse to. At the same time, I, I don't intend to be irresponsible. So you know, we we've been actually invited to a couple different gatherings over the next, you know, couple days. And um, I, most of the things, we're, we're not talking about large groups of people. You're not talking about, you know, groups of hundreds, but you're talking about places where you've been invited and you know the people. And I'm reasonably sure that most of the people have been taking precautions. And I get it, you, you, you never know, but I'm reasonably sure that most of the people that are going have been taking precautions over the course of the last couple months. And I'm not really... I'm not concerned about this. Um, like I might be concerned about, gee, Jeff, are you ready to go to some giant party that has hundreds of people? You know, we have an invitation to a place to watch the fireworks. And the, the thing about that is where it is, it's, it, it's spread out. There's lots and lots of room and you can go and you can be, you know, kind of by yourself or with your own group. And, and I guess that's what I intend to do. I, I want to try to find that this balance between not unnecessary risks, but at the same time, you know, I'm going to continue to socialize and I'm going to continue to live my life as long as I can do it smartly. And I think that's kind of 
that's kind of the challenge. And if if we all just try to be smart about things, that's maybe how we get through this. No doubt about it, though, this is just it's going to be a Fourth of July unlike any other. And that's not a good thing. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. This issue of the the taped phone call by some unknown person, the Evers administration, it's not going to go away. And not that Tony Evers would be taking any advice from me, but if I were, if he were, I would say just come clean and and get this past you. For for those who haven't been keeping track of this, there was after the state Supreme Court struck down the safer at home laws, there was a conference call between Tony Evers and the leadership Republican leadership in the the, the state legislature. Um, Evers said that somebody without his knowledge, one of his staff members, taped the phone call. And then what they did is they ended up, somebody leaked the fact that there was a taped phone call to the media. Media made an open records request. And then what happened is the there's something that Robin Voss said that some people thought might be somewhat embarrassing. So they leaked it. Okay, that that's the idea behind it. Ever said he didn't know it was being recorded. Um, now, in Wisconsin, the law is that you can record phone conversations as long as one of the parties to the conversation consents to it. All right. Well, OK, the Republican leadership didn't consent to it. Evers says that he didn't know it was being recorded, so he didn't consent to it. So then the question becomes, all right, who who did? Who did? And, you know, was that person a party to the conversation? Or were they just somebody that was listening in without authority? So Evers is trying to protect whoever it was that did this. Now, it is possible in certain circumstances, if this was taped without the consent of the people who were actually parties to it, well, it's possible a felony was committed. On the other hand, if it turns out that somebody associated with Evers took it upon themselves to record the conversation and they were a party to the conversation, well, it's not a crime. It's just, again, a, a, a political mistake. But Evers refuses to tell anybody who that was. So, you know, you've got this cover-up that, that's going on. They're making open records requests, and apparently there's there's no written record of who received authorization to record the call, and Evers isn't telling, and he's hoping the whole issue goes away. Good luck with that. If he would just come clean and say, okay, this is who did it, my, you know, aide, or this, this person or that person, they were a part of the conversation, I didn't know they were recording it. I didn't give them permission to do it, but at least, you know, they were a party to the conversation, so it, it's not a crime. All right, just just stop covering up for whoever did it, Tony. You promised transparency. Come clean. Make the issue go away. Why won't you? Just asking. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right. I, I sent, if you follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Wagner 620 I sent out a, a link to this story, which was in, um, which, which was in USA Today today. And it's a very interesting story about, well, the, the unintended consequences that, that occur. Um, years and years ago, in this country, we decided that we were locking up too many people who were mentally ill. 
And so there were a number of well-intentioned do-gooder lawyers who started suing and pressuring the systems to, to change the laws that made it more difficult, in some cases almost impossible, to hold people who were mentally ill against their will. All right. And we thought, OK, this is, you know, this is we're we're, we're being kind to, to people. Um, you know, we, we don't want people who are locked up. So now, as a general rule, in order to get somebody involuntarily committed, you have to prove that they are either a danger to themselves or a danger to others. The problem is to prove that you normally have to wait till they do something really bad to somebody else or to themselves. So it, it's an ongoing frustration for families who, for example, have have a, a family member who's clearly mentally ill. And, you know, one of the things that happens a lot of times with people who are mentally ill is, is they don't realize they're mentally ill. They think the whole rest of the whole world, the whole other world is crazy. So they refuse to get treatment. They refuse to get help. And, and the families are in positions where they, they can't force it until, I don't know, the, the person acts out and hurts somebody or, or hurts themselves. Uh, but even though the family members can see that it is a train wreck that's coming. Well, the story that's out there today, there's a Major League Baseball player. Um, his his name is Andrew Tolles. And just as recently as, as two years ago, he was a starting outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was dra- he's 28 years old now, but back in 2013 he was drafted by Tampa Bay. He he played in their farm system. Um he was the minor league player of the year, but um what what happened is he he started acting erratically because he has mental illness problems. He began threatening people and ultimately Tampa dropped him. The, the team cut him in 2015. He was out of baseball for a while and then somebody in Los Angeles who had seen him play brought him back and he started, you know, he, he played very, very successful. He was on track to, you know, perhaps you know, completely turn around his career. But then what happened is he, he sort of he flamed out and he started not showing up, et cetera, et cetera. And so the Dodgers eventually cut him. Well, I mean, here here's the story that's out there today. Let me just read you the first couple paragraphs of Bob Nightingale's story in USA Today. It was a disturbing picture, a police mugshot spattered across the Internet last weekend, revealing a troubled man with a vacant, soulless look. He looked disheveled, hair that looked like it hadn't been combed in weeks, if not months. His thick beard was scraggly, covering most of his face, flowing right into his hair. The article accompanying the picture was a homeless man found asleep behind the Federal Express building located at the Key West International Airport in Florida. He had only a black book bag in his possession. The police report listed his address simply as the streets of Key West. The name of the man? Andrew Tolles, yes, the same man who just two years ago was the popular starting outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. All right, so th- then people say, okay, what what happened? How how did you get into the situation two years ago? You know, you're you're playing Major League Baseball for the Dodgers, and as it turns out, Tolles had had been suffering from from mental illness for for a number of years. He, he flamed out in his career. He, he's and he's out on the street. He, and he's been homeless, you know, bouncing around from you know different communities. All right, so they, they they find the family and they interview him, and the family 
is the family is beside themselves. They say, yes, you know, he, he's, he's got a mother and father. He's got brothers and sisters. They say, yeah, we, we know this. But we, we have been trying, trying to get him committed. We, we've been trying to get a guardianship over him because we know he needs help. And, and he refuses to get it. But he's refusing, and we haven't been able to force it because, again, he, he hasn't he hasn't killed anybody yet, and he hasn't killed himself. He he's just he's he's out on the street like this, and he says, you know, here here's what happens. You know, we we've tried to get him. That his sister says, you know, we, we've we've convinced him to go into at least like twenty mental health facilities in the last two years, but he he just he leaves after a couple of days. He said he just vanishes and he moves to the next city, and we completely and totally lose track of him. And, you know, actually, apparently, after he got arrested in Key West and, and people saw who he was, a couple people, apparently anonymously, got together the bail money, $500 bail money, and they bailed him out. And the family is just, the family is incensed at that. They're saying, you know, people think that they were helping him, but all, all they did by bailing him out is they put him back out on the street, and he, he's going to end up, we're going to lose track of him, and he's going to end up in some other city under similar circumstances, you know, two, three weeks from now. You know, you, they weren't, they thought they were helping him by, oh, let's get him out of jail. Well, they got him out of jail, but again, now he's just going to be, you know, into the woods again. The family is just distraught, like I say, because they, they know the man needs help. They want to offer him help, but unless he's willing to do it, the system doesn't allow them to to force this. So you know they're they're going public. They're saying, hey, look, th- this is this is the deal. I mean, we we need to change the system. We need to allow us to take guardianship of us of him. We need to have the power to to force him to come back to us. They, they they're in Atlanta, and we need you know us to have to be able the power to force him to you know be placed in a place against his will locked up essentially so he can get the help he needs we need the power to do the right thing uh his brother quoted in the story as saying look i don't particularly care if my brother plays baseball again i just want him to be a functioning human being in society i know there are laws that protect him but those same laws hurt him my brother is really sick and he doesn't know it we want to get guardianship, but to do that without his consent, he has to be a threat to himself or someone else. So basically, you are waiting for something tragic to happen. The laws have to change for a person that needs help but refuses to get it. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I say amen. I, I say amen. And, and I know that there are all sorts of families that have been in similar situations to this, maybe not quite as extreme, maybe as extreme, where you have a family member that you care about, that you love, that desperately needs help, but refuses to get it. And so you're powerless. You sit on the sidelines and you watch what you know is going to be a train wreck. You know it's not going to end well. You know your relative... If he, if he doesn't or she doesn't get the help, you know that you're going to find him under a under a bridge, frozen to death, some cold January night in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Or, you know, you're going to, I don't know, find them dead in some alley in Key West, Florida or whatever. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. we got to change the laws. And if 
if you've had experience with this, I'd, I'd love to talk with you because it just it breaks my heart when I see this system, which has decided, okay, we're we're not going to restrict the ability of people against their will. But at the same time, that's exactly what needs to happen. All right, we discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Before we go to the phones, here's the text I got. Jeff, is is the man an adult? Now, we're talking about former Los Angeles ball player, baseball player Andrew Tolles, who was found in, in an passed out sleeping behind the Federal Express building at the Key West Airport that the guy is mentally ill. He's been roaming the the streets of the country for the last couple years. The family is distraught. They've been trying to get the guy help, but until they can demonstrate that he's either a danger to himself or a danger to others, they, they can't get him committed. And so they're they're going public with this because Again, they they were kind of frustrated because somebody bailed him out of jail, which all that means is he's going to get out. Now he's going to be in the wind, and he'll, he'll turn up three months later in some other alley somewhere. They want to get him the help he needs. Now here's a text. Jeff, is he an adult? Has he committed a crime? Well, the answer is yes, he's an adult. Has he committed a crime? Well, they're, they're going to charge him with vagrancy or, or something like that, but... But that's not the problem. And a detector says, this is the price, a balanced tension of individual freedoms. So, I mean, one of the texters would say, so what? I mean, yes, it's not a good result, but it's something that we're going to have to live with because unless and until he hurts himself or hurts somebody else, we're not going to get him off the streets. Well, that's a great attitude to have, except to the family members who care about this man and who recognize that this is a train wreck. They know how this is going to end. They they want to intervene. They want to do the right thing, but they need help from the court system. All right, let's start with, let's see, Kevin in Chicago. Kevin, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello, Jeff. Um, I'm Hi. coming home from golf here in Chicago. Beautiful day. Yeah. Um, we, we had a big success story in our family. We, had, we went through 10 years of wondering if our son could ever get help. Because once he turned, to be, once he turned um, 18, we couldn't get him the help we wanted to, and we thought he would end up homeless. Right. Right. And and so and what, what happened was on by pure accident he was at a Dunkin' Donuts here in Chicago and and the he was sitting next to an officer and he wanted the officer to run a history on his traffic situation, his traffic history. And the officer thought he was he shouldn't be driving, that something was wrong. They then took him in an ambulance to the nearest hospital, Sherman Hospital in Elgin, was the name of the hospital. And they had him evaluated because they didn't think he should be driving a car. Right. At that time, he was 27 years old. And there was nothing we could do to get him evaluated. The, we talked to our insurance company. We talked to the police. We talked to hospitals. And unless he wanted to go willingly, right. they wouldn't be able to help us. Well, today, he's a, success, a huge success story. He was evaluated at the hospital. Uh, they put him in a program for 45 days. Um, he now he had 25 to 30 jobs prior to this. He still has the same job he has when he left the rehab center. Mm-hmm. And uh, the state of Illinois paid for everything. Right, right. 
So yours is a success story. Yeah, yours. And so when you hear these other stories about these family members who care and stuff and, and can't get the help, you, you you can obviously relate because you can you could imagine you know your, yours had a great outcome, but you could see easily see how this could have tragically gone the other way. Oh, absolutely. He was in trouble quite a few times, uh, many many times with alcohol and uh, marijuana and pills and so forth, um, because that's what they turn to right. when they have so much uh, failure in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, thanks. Yeah, yeah, the laws do need to be changed. I think the, the family member, whether whether they're 21 or 25 or 30, um, wh- whatever age they are, um, the the family members that care right. should have the ability to go to their the local uh, police departments and get some help. Right. No. Th- right. Thanks. And, and get a guardianship. And, and the I, I, I the idea that. See, and, and this is the frustration. Again, I, I understand you, you don't want to have people's liberties being taken, you know, willy-nilly. And I, I, I get it. And you don't want family members trying to, I don't know, m- manipulate, you know, manipulate the, uh, you know, some other family members in order to, you know, get, get access to money they have or something like that. I, and I get that you have to have protections. But at the same time, where you have people who are, demonstrably mentally ill but again there's there's not an indication right now that they're a danger to to somebody else or a danger to themselves uh, you you got to be a, give them an opportunity to kind of intervene and try to, to force that help or, or else again the, the flip side is you know you you find your loved one you get that call oh the, the my, my your loved one's you know dead under a freeway overpass you know in Minneapolis Minnesota on a January night and i think that's got to be unacceptable as well Doug in Milwaukee Doug you're on WTMJ good afternoon good afternoon um i guess my story would not be a happy outcome, but um, my brother and I were very close in age, just over a year. He was my best man, and about three weeks after the wedding, uh, my wedding, he definitely took a turn for the worse. He was schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. So what people may not understand is people who are schizophrenic could be up and down. Medication may work, may not work. But if they're not taking it properly, they can't make wise decisions for themselves. But uh, we did have them taken in. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening, thinking, why didn't you just keep them with you and keep them out of trouble? Well, I may not be qualified to do that, you know, 24-7. Yeah, exactly. You need professional help, right? It's right. You you can only control people so much. I I get that completely. So he was taken in um, to be evaluated. And... um, while he was there, um, they let him out on a smoke break, found a vehicle that was running with nobody in it, took off, and he was dead within the hour. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what can you do? There's only so much a family member can do. It's right. really hard. Right, right. Um, and, and my guess is you, you understood that your brother had these issues. You wanted to try to get him the help, um, but w- without, without having complete and total control, you couldn't stop him from leaving. And and this this and is the I way didn't know out. what the correct answer was, but I don't think there were any options given to us that we could. You know, did he express? Did he have a weapon? Did he express? No, I couldn't right. say he was. Right. You know, you only have so much you can do, and I'm sure there's still some people thinking, well, he didn't commit a crime. Well, we knew something was wrong. We right. did the best we could. 
Right. No, th- th- thanks for call. I-, I appreciate it. I'm sorry for your loss. And again, that, and it's not a question of guilt, and that, that shouldn't be it. But I, I, it's a question of do we need to do things to make it easier for people who care to, to be able to kind of affect it. And, and look, and, and, and I understand, like, let, let's take the case of this ball, this ball player. Even if the family could somehow get custody and get a guardianship and be able to force the guy to get treatment, there's, there's no guarantee that that's going to work. I mean, I, I, I understand that. There's, there's, you know, it's kind of like people who have drug and alcohol problems that you, you, you can put people in rehab facilities, for example, but unless, Unless they need recognize that they need to make a change, well, all right, you know, good luck. That, that's it. Now, hopefully, you know, hopefully the rehab facility is able to, you know, wake them up and make them realize that they've got these issues and they've got to make a, a change in their lifestyle. And hopefully, it works. And I know there's success stories. I also understand that there's failures. And the same thing is true with the, this whole issue of mental illness. You you can get the guy treatment, and then at some point in time, he can just decide, okay, well, I I, I don't like being on my medication. I'm going to go off my meds, and and it might not have a happy ending anyways, but it, at least you, you've allowed people to, to give, in this case, their, their sibling, to give him a chance because they understand right now, it's they, they know how this story ends unless somebody does something. And all they're asking is, hey, we'd, we'd like to have a chance maybe to change the outcome. And I don't think that's too much to ask. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Tony Beck, who would have known that the Internet is not just for porn? Oh. You know, who, who, who would have thought? <laughs> did you ever see the, did you, did you ever, what did that, what did he say? Um, <laughs> did, did you ever see the, 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 the musical Avenue Q? You ever I've seen not, that? No. Okay. Well, it, it's it was very very popular on Broadway a few years ago. Um, it's it's like Sesame Street on crack. It's <laughs> kind of the way I I would describe it because what, what it is it's you know it's got like the Ses- it's got like Muppet like characters, okay. so not the Muppets. Right. And the, the whole premise of it is it's this it's. It's like set in New York City, and like Avenue A is where all like the really cool people and the rich people live, and this is on Avenue Q. It's where it is. So it's it's kind of like that idea, and it's a and it's a musical, and it's it's really twisted. There's just no way to describe it. PG thirteen warning. One, (laughs) two, three. All right. So I I I did not see it on Broadway, or it it, I didn't see it with a touring company. I saw it um, in Las Vegas. It was at the Wynn Theater, and it it was the Wynn, and I I saw it there. And the the it's two acts. The first act, and again, these are there's people that are there, you know, manipulating the puppets, like Mm -hmm. doing the voices and stuff. And the first act ends with this scene of wild puppet intercourse, which I, I don't know how to describe it other than that, although I, I'm sitting there, I'm watching it, and, and I, 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 there a, was a lady sitting next to me who was there with her husband, and they're just appalled. The, the look on their faces is just, it, it's kind of like priceless as they're watching this simulated intercourse between the, these two puppets. Um, which leaves very little to the imagination, yeah. oh, if you can imagine. And, and so <laughs> it's intermission. And I, I again, one of I, I went with with two of my buddies, and and one loved it, and one hated it. And I was kind of I'm I was kind of in the middle. I was trying to like like take this all in. And so at the intermission, right after the simulated puppet sex, the 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 guy goes up to get a drink, and the lady's just sitting there. And I kind of looked and I said, um, "Well, I didn't buy the tickets." 
and and she looks at me and says, "I did," and oh, I'm never going to hear the end of it. But you, but again, it's one of these things that you either love or, or you hate. For sure. I, what got me started on this though is one of the big songs in Avenue Q is the internet is for porn. <laughs> that's that that's that's kind of it. Which got me started. This now, why am I talking about animal? <laughs> so I mean, here, here's the deal because. I am here to testify that the internet is not just for for porn. Here's here's the deal. Um, the the other day, I've been I've been playing a lot of golf lately, and the I I had developed this really really bad habit um, that I was just I was topping the ball. You know, I, I was just hitting on top, and I I couldn't stop topping the ball, and. And I, I was just, this is like on Saturday, it was after like a couple of days and I was just, con, con, I was doing it constantly and it was just driving me crazy. I just wasn't hitting the, the ball well. And I'm thinking this is, I, I got to stop this and yes, I could take a lesson all, but I got so desperate and Saturday night, I, I sit, I sit down at the computer and I type in, how do you stop topping a golf ball? And I get, you know, on the internet, I get all these different like YouTube videos and it's interesting because Almost all of them. Now, this is, you know, a lot of times you go on the Internet, you get all these different choices. I go on the Internet and and almost all of them, at least the first three or four I watched, said you're doing the same. It's the same thing. The the good news is that it's it's a minor problem and this is the fix. You know, the the. So, you know, th- so it's out there. Um, the bad news is it, it's a problem. So, I mean, they, they showed me this one little thing, and it's been like just a complete and total rebirth the last couple of days. I mean, it's, it's, I've stopped hit, I, I just did this one little thing that it told me to do. I understood exactly why it was that, you know, I was apparently doing this. And at least, knock on wood, for the first, you know, for the last couple of days, I've corrected and having a lot more fun with this. But it was, it was interesting because just being able to watch, this this video, or a couple of these videos on the internet, it was like, oh yeah, I see what I'm doing, and I was able to to fix this. I, I had an issue with a a tire pump. This is going to sound silly, and I, I, a bicycle pump, and I, I was trying to figure out how how to make the thing work. I know that sounds silly, but it it's a long story. But I I just I can't figure out how to make this thing work. And then, you know, I go on the internet, I put in that information, you immediately get this YouTube video that comes up. And it says, Oh, for this particular type of model of the tire pump, this is what you have to do. And it's a little bit different than most ordinary tire pumps, but you do this and it works. So I go back, I follow the instructions that were on the internet and and it works. And, and so I, I'm I find myself more and more saying, if there's something, you know, I now as, as we talked about on this program, like, I think a week ago or so, there, there's some things that even if I see how to do them, I'm not going to do them. I don't mess with plumbing. I don't mess with HVAC. I don't mess with electricity and stuff like that. So even if they tell me this is what you do and this is how you take it apart, I, I don't. I, I'm not that much of a do-it-yourselfer. But it has been amazing to me that all the different things that you can find and, and how the Internet has become this giant ready reference source for telling you how to do stuff that you otherwise would not have known how to do. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. want to lighten it up for just a little bit in, in this segment. But, I mean, here is my question to you. Are, are you... Like me, finding the internet, and there's a look, there's a lot of dark corners on the internet and stuff like that. But I, I think when we look at 
like some of the the great things that are going to come. It's not necessarily the the social media and things like that. It's the access to information, particularly access to to tell people how to do things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Or, hey, I've got this particular flaw here. You know, how how do you stop doing this? Or how do you stop doing that? Or in the case, you know, how do you stop topping the golf ball? Oh, it's this little thing. And and darned if it doesn't work. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Have you found yourself going to the Internet to figure out how to do stuff? And and does it work? And, And my experience has been... Yes and yes. All right, we discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Richard in Watertown writes, Jeff, it's awesome. I have fixed or assembled or decided not to do something because of videos and other information that was out on the Internet. I, You know, it, it's funny that he says that because there was... It sometimes it's you. You have to know your limitations. And there, gosh, I'm trying to think of what it was. It wasn't that long ago. I I, I had something, and the battery needed to be replaced. But it, I it wasn't that this easy. Hey, you just like pull back this compartment and put in a new battery. It was, it was a very detailed sort of piece of computer thing. And gosh, I for, honestly goodness forget what it was. But I I remember going on the internet, and they were showing all the different things you needed to do this. And as this is, you know, you need this equipment and it's about 20 minutes and it occurred to me, you know, that means for me it would probably be about an hour and there's a good chance I would screw it up. So it's like, hey, let's, let's batteries plus, you know, they, they can take care of it. 855-616-1620, Gianni and Montello, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, great, great topic. The Internet has changed our lives. Um, I guess my question to you would be, what can't we find on the Internet? Uh, I'm, I'm reaching, you know, I, I, I'm reaching, I've got to, we've got to upgrade a couple of chainsaws up here. So I need to know reviews on chainsaws. I can instantly get uh, the Huskmana and um, de- dealers, uh, the steel dealers uh, in my area. I can call them and I can give them, um, uh, you know, what, what I'm looking for. And they can, you know, pull it up on their computer right. and tell me exactly what I need. Um, music, if I want to know something about, um, you know, uh, some obscure band, um, yeah. type the name in. Um, and, and, you know, or, or what 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 um, um a Greek mode was a particular song composed in. <laughs> that you know, there's right. someone out there that knows that, that. Going to know that information and post it. And, so that, and right, no, it, thanks it, for calling. No, revolutionized I, everything. Well, right, thanks for calling, and, and it'll show you how to do it. To the point of the guitar, I have a text here, Jeff. I play the guitar. I find a lot of great instructional videos on on YouTube, and and that's. You know, that's the thing that's out there, too. Now, I have no musical talent or things like that. But, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, if you if you have to, how do you do this chord progression or how do you do this chord change or whatever? And, and you can see people that actually do it. And, uh, again, you can also understand with, like, some of these videos, if it's, if it's more than, you know, if it you'd also tell you, okay, this is more than I want to take on. Jeff, I remember having to go, I, I remember my father having to go and find these huge Haynes reference repair manuals to work on his truck. Now a simple YouTube search and you can have it fixed in minutes. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Um, Jeff, internet how-to videos are often useful, but 
like the need to read with a critical eye. You need to have the common sense to ignore the ones where people lacking certain specific knowledge or common sense demonstrate how not to do something. Best example I can recall is someone demonstrating auto brake repair who intentionally pounded a part into oblivion to get it off because he didn't know about an adjustment he needed to do first to get the things clear. Well, that's that that's that's it. I mean, yeah, you you got you got to read with some degree of skepticism. I'm sure. Uh, Jeff, um, my husband and I have taken our dryer apart twice to fix it and put it back together perfectly. We've used some of the other videos too with great success. Yeah, a dryer repair might be one. I'm not sure. Jeff, I looked up how to clean my washing machine. The musty smell was getting bad. I did a search how to clean the inside of the washing machine, and it was worth it. And it it worked. Um, so you know, there there you go. Now people are asking me, what was that tip you got to stop talking to top, stop talk topping the golf ball? And eh, just. Just, just do your own search. You can kind of figure that out as well. Um, Jeff, we've used the Internet hundreds of times, especially in the last four months, to figure out things like how to measure my husband for a suit and how to remove window blinds. Instructional video resources are amazing tools. Yeah, amen to that. And it's it really is amazing, you know, what's what's out there and and. And it's pretty much like almost anything. You can find that there's somebody who's done a YouTube video for it. Jeff, YouTube taught me how to replace my wife's car cabin filter. Saved me around 50 bucks. Yeah, that's kind of, um, that's one that, uh, right. Jeff, I bought two kayak carriers and put them on, but they did not explain how to ratchet strap the kayaks down. I YouTubed it. It was awesome. Um, yep, all those things are out there. Let's talk to Dave in Waukesha. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Um, yeah, there's no question. I mean, you can find just about, you know, anything. Definitely saves you a lot of money. I mean, I do work on my, one of my vehicles is, a, is an old truck, for instance, a 2002 and 300,000 miles on it. And I can't tell you how much it saved me on that. And then things around the house and all that kind of things. And, right. you know, I'm reasonably handy. And, you know, rather than just kind of figure it out for myself, it's, it's like, well, the heck with it. Somebody else knows how to do it. I might as well just take advantage of it. But, you know, the scary part is, is there's also, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, there's a lot of different things in there that, you know, aren't. Right. You can't figure out how to build a freaking bomb. I yeah. Mean, really, when you get right down to it, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, it, it has its downsides, too. But, um I use it for cooking all the time. You know, oh yeah, either for a recipe or if I have a particular, you know, cut of meat or whatever. It's like, oh, can you, you know, show me some different things for this and blah blah yeah. blah. I mean, it's, it just goes on and on. Right. And no, it's great. No, 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 thanks for calling. Right. And, and again, I think you you have to have a, a critical eye to that for and and again, in, in my little thing, okay, it, it's it's a minor little thing. Sure actually trying to figure out why you suddenly can't hit a golf ball after like 30 some years or 40 years or 50 years of playing the game or whatever. But I I mean, you also have to, I I think just like you don't necessarily walk in and buy the first car you look at, you have to kind of investigate things. And, and for example, I mean, I would never attempt furnace repair, but like if you're going to repair your furnace or you've got this particular problem, you you might want to look at a few YouTubes rather than a few videos, just, just to so you're sure that 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 first guy that you looked at really knew what they were talking about. So you got to be out there. But it is it, it's this amazing thing that's out there, and, and I think more and more of us are are relying on it. And I guess the thing that is amazing to me really is how 
how much stuff that you can find. And it, it's my experience has been no matter how obscure this particular thing is, you can typically find someone out there who's decided to post their YouTube video showing you how to replace the cabin air filter in a 2016 Honda whatever. Or just it's it's amazing what people have decided to do and how you've been able to use it. And I, I find myself using it more and more. And um, contrary to Avenue Q in the song, the internet isn't just for porn. This is Jeff Wagner.